Hello and welcome to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. I'm your host, Roman Tegal, and in today's episode, I'll be talking about the pharma and biotech supply chain with Manuel Leal, Business Development Director at Idifarma. A student of law and business, Manuel has carved a very impressive career in the outsourcing space, and all this despite no formal science or pharma background. He spent the last decade helping take a little-known formulation development specialist in northern Spain into a global specialist CDMO. I've known Manuel for about 10 years, and he is genuinely a true gentleman, one of the nicest guys I've had the pleasure to get to know. Hey, Manuel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Roman, and uh, thank you for a very, very nice introduction. Probably not deserved, but thank you so much. (laughs) This is the part where you say that uh, I'm the, I'm the, one of the nicest people that you've ever met as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that would be obvious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just to start off with, um, please let our listeners know uh, a little bit about you and also kind of, uh, you know, a little bit about Idifarm Farm as well. And sure. if you don't mind as well, just kind of talking about your journey into the into the pharma space. Sure. As you mentioned in the, in the nice introduction, uh, I'm uh, I come from to the to the pharma industry. I'm, I'm over, ten, over almost ten years at uh, in the pharma industry, but I come from you know business background, uh, working in, in different sectors. So actually, uh, I come from a you know, a, you know humble family in the coming from the southern Spain, uh, southern Spain, and, and then I uh, I, uh, I moved to the northern Spain to to study and actually study law as I mentioned as you mentioned before, and. Um, and then I, you know, you, you I, I really was interested in more in the business part, uh, in the in the commercial part uh, specifically, and in the management uh, of of, uh, of companies. And so, so I worked in different type of companies uh, before I landed into this uh, really interesting uh, industry. You know, so I worked, you know, from uh, real estate development uh, to uh, you know point of sale advertisement. To uh, you know, very different things, and actually, I, for instance, I, I created a, uh, a you know a distribution company for a for a big inv- local investor. Uh, so participate in acquisitions of of of, uh, of companies and, and and the general management of the company, and then I I moved into the pharma into the pharma uh, industry, which is uh, really I don't know about you, but it's really let's say. Uh, it grabs you, right? It grabs you. Mm-hmm. It's it's such an interesting industry, and it's such a dynamic industry. And the the most interesting thing for for me, which is I really enjoy learning and much more than teaching, much much more than <laughs> teaching. So uh, this is an industry where you where you can learn and learn and learn and never stop learning. Also mm-hmm. from clients, from colleagues, from you know from partners, from so many people. I don't know about you because you are also coming from uh, you know not a science background right and mm-hmm. also coming to the to the to the industry yeah I, I, I it's the same as you actually i mean i i i was grabbed by it you know back in in 2003 or 2004 when i you know entered the industry and i found it fascinating like yourself manuel and um and just just saw opportunity and potential and better ways of, of doing things but uh, and, and like you you know i learn every single day um and on on that point then how I'm just curious to know what what was it about the farm? Did you did you like plan to go into the farmer sector, or did it just kind of happen by chance and opportunity? Uh, half and half, I would say. You know, 
part of b both things because I actually was I was actually uh, it was an industry that was uh, really in interesting to me and I was uh, participating in, in parallel uh, in in two uh, let's say recruitment processes in uh, for two job openings for two pharma pharma companies at the same time so uh, so then I you know had the chance to to join ED Pharma which is a really interesting really interesting company uh, uh, small let's say smaller uh, uh, development company turning into a CDMO and being able to to live uh, through through those uh, stages uh, has been uh, really really you know interesting and, and rewarding to, to me you know and, and, and participating in the in the global growth international growth of the company has been definitely the the, the most rewarding thing for, for me and do you mind for the for the listeners kind of talking through that growth that you've been involved in and um yeah. i mean i've as i said you know you and i have known each other for a decade or so and it's yeah. been fascinating to watch yeah. Uh, the growth of of the business, and then uh, you know ultimately a, a new owner that came into play as well, yeah. and and actually just it, it you know, leads me quite nicely on to kind of talking a little bit about the um, some of the services and capabilities that that you guys have there. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, the the company was uh, founded by you know brilliant, brilliant entrepreneurs, local entrepreneurs, uh, who saw clearly the the opportunity to you know to create a development company and then turning it into a into a cdmo full-blown let's say cdmo uh for uh for highly potent drugs yes so we are a specialized cdmo for uh let's say niche and highly potent drugs so we are handling uh mostly oral solid drugs uh from development up to commercial in small scale yes for niche drugs so it's a it's a it's a very nice uh let's say uh uh it's very clearly defined uh, business model, uh, which is uh, working, you know, very well for us because it's, uh, it's. I mean, in, in this industry, you know, there's a lot of uh, consolidation in uh, like bigger companies, right? And and that leaves a lot of space as well for smaller players who can definitely play a role uh, in, uh, you know, in, in being able to adapt to a different type of clients who are seeking this kind of a flexible. Uh, partners, right? Smaller partners, easier to talk. Let's say uh, from you know, in, be, talk between equals, right? Uh, so, uh, so uh, the pharma uh, moved from a pure uh, CDO, let's say, contract development company, to contract development and manufacturing company. And uh, and uh, as, as I mentioned, we we, we I mean, I, I had the opportunity and the and the you know the fortune to to. To be a part of the, you know, the starting of the manufacturing business, the contract manufacturing business, participating in all of these, uh, uh, you know, uh, new deals uh, with uh, contract manufacturing for longer term uh, contracts, uh, and uh, it's been really interesting. And also, as you as you know, we, we have uh, invested in in specific technologies to actually solve some of, some of the most relevant problems that that there are today in. In uh, for for many uh, development of many drugs, no? which is the the low solubility. No? So we have invested in spray drying technology, for instance. Uh, so so uh, we are one of the very 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 few companies, uh, I would say, in the world able to do spray dried intermediate drugs. Yes, with this technology uh, for for uh, cytotoxic 
agents, yes, for for, for oncology drugs, yes. So uh, this uh, this is being uh, instrumental for us for our growth and for our let's say uh, positioning as a as a let's say uh, niche and let's say specialized uh, CDMO. Yeah, mm-hmm. we are not uh, the, the standard CMO. Yeah, we are more yeah. of a boutique, small CMO, CDMO for for niche drugs. And, I, and it's really interesting what you were saying there about the kind of specialism that you you have there. And it's one of the things that I see in the sector. You talked about consolidation and the real growth that I see in uh, you know in, in in the space is from businesses like yours that I would class as super niche, so that you know become very famous within the sector for being incredibly good at certain things, you know, almost problem solvers of a specific area. For example, you talked about obviously high potency and spray drying. And is, is that is that the thing that's driving growth within Idi Pharma is just this, I imagine, a combination of reputation and other factors, just driving people with uh, you know, complex drug problems to your door saying, hey, can you, <laughs> can you help us with this? For, for sure, for sure. I mean, the f- first thing is the you know the, the technical competence, yes, the, capa- the you know the expertise and the the knowledge. And we have a, a terrific team in uh, at ED Pharma uh, who are really adding a lot of value and knowledge to our clients' projects, and this, that's that's absolutely the first thing. But uh, it's also very important that you know there are not so many companies like us no? when you, you you see the the you know the, the competitive la- landscape there are you know not so many companies that are similarly sized able to handle or, or work with uh, let's say smaller type of, of, of clients and mid clients and also we are working even with big pharma companies as well so it's a matter of as, as you mentioned kind of a hyper specialization yes as a means of differentiation in the market Yes, because when you can do absolutely everything, it's very complicated even to communicate that you can do absolutely everything. No? Because normally no one is able to do absolutely everything. No? So in our case, I mean, in the end, you have to find the right partner. As I see, our customers, our clients, our partners, they have to find the right, uh, uh, you know, outsourcing partner. And we are, we are this, you know, a very suitable partner for many of clients, you know, looking for this kind of niche specialized boutique kind of, of, of company right yeah and a, a bit of a kind of random question but I'm, I'm genuinely interested in you know when you went on that journey from kind of development and clinical scale to kind of commercial contract manufacturing how how do you go about changing your model from an operational and from a pricing perspective? And you know, obviously not to give any details away about pricing, but I always find it quite interesting how companies are able to kind of calculate how, you know, how they operationally are going to balance the two and how they're going to price projects differently and things like that. What was that transition like? And, you know, I suspect you learned quite a lot kind of going through that at Eddie Pharma. So thanks for the question, Roman. So in our case, we we uh, I mean we we have been manu- we, we we've been manufacturing clinical batches and you know for manufacturing drugs for clinical trial for 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 many years, for for uh, over ten years actually. And moving to the CM as a you know to, to, to offering the contract manufacturing services as a CMO, uh, it's definitely challenging. It it is to be honest. So it's a, it's not a clear cut answer about you know what, what you know how how do you find the pricing in this way or the other it's a constant struggle for sure but it's clear that there is a lot of uh, 
pressure in for from many uh, companies to have uh, you know uh, you know the, the right pricing for the manufacturing long term yes so in, in terms of a clinical clinical project uh, it's a one off kind of activity yes but for a long term uh, contract it's a it's a different type of negotiation you need different type of skills for sure uh, so that's the you know the the interesting the interesting part, and uh, we are you know we have close you know several uh, and actually we have just launched uh, we are launching this year on the two products for for uh, for for clients and the experience been very positive in in general, but it's a it's a you know, it's a steep learning process it's a steep learning process so of course we had to adapt even the organization in order to fit with the commercial manufacturing side of, side, side of the business not only the development side so it's a it's it's been a very interesting journey within the company no it's it's fascinating stuff and it's it's always interesting to hear kind of how to balance uh, balance the two things and so and i wanted to add again for context for our listeners you live in a in a in a city called pamplona which is in the the north of spain and is obviously very famous for uh, the the famous bull <laughs> the bull run, bull run and yes. uh, so is is the plan going to be to make Pamplona famous for uh, for any farmer and world class pharmaceutical manufacturing? <laughs> Hopefully, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean we uh, definitely Pamplona. Is a, there is a you know cluster of of, uh, of uh, life sciences companies and pharmaceutical companies. Yes, so so it's a. Uh, uh, the fact that ED Pharma is, is is based in Pamplona is because we have a uh, you know there are you know surrounding companies that are very complementary to ours. There's you know the biggest uh, one of the you know the biggest pharmaceutical company, Spanish pharmaceutical company uh, for for uh, definitely for generics is uh, is is here. It's just you know uh, in in the area, and also we have the access to very qualified uh, you know uh, talent from local universities as well so it's a it's a very nice uh, area let's say for uh, for this uh, for this industry yes yeah. mm-hmm. and just out, you know out of curiosity just because you talked there about the kind of Spanish pharmaceutical industry can you give us any insight into what the Spanish pharmaceutical industry looks like at a, at a broader level it's not it's not something I have any knowledge uh on not a great amount of knowledge but just just yeah it's quite sounds quite an interesting area so is it is it i'm guessing it's not you know you know as big as the uk and, and germany in terms of its size from a, a manufacturing but is is there other clusters within within spain yeah i mean there is a, for sure that there are you know we have some innovative companies uh, like Al- Almiral, for instance, so it's a, you know big, big uh, innovative companies which are which are local, and then we have quite a lot of uh, generic industry, let's say, a generic companies as well, and 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 a lot of of smaller innovative companies uh, coming from uh, sometimes from uh, from universities, uh, you know, in in, in, in sci- others in in science parks. I don't know. We, we are, actually we have we uh, we have the, the fortune to work with uh, you know with a group of start startups and we have developed like more than ten products for 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 all of them. You know, in talking about purely innovative drugs, purely purely innovative drugs. It's, I mean, it's it's not as dynamic as uh, as the UK or definitely the US, but it's uh, nonetheless it's an, it's a it's a, it's, it's, it's an interesting and challenge, very challenging, definitely very challenging yeah, yeah. Uh, country to do pharma business. So, of course, our growth and our focus is uh, is in the international scale. Yes, 
So uh, yes, like 70-80% of our business are, is focused uh, internationally, yes. You're listening to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. The podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech contract services space. And just kind of changing, changing kind of track slightly and just looking at you, Manuel, in terms of your career growth and, and I would say the success that you've had at, at Idi Pharma. What, what would you put that down to in terms of skill? Like, do you, do you bring a particular skill set to the table? Um, and also conversely, are, are there areas that you have to constantly work on? <laughs> areas that, you've, that you're constantly trying to improve upon as well? I mean, in the end, what having someone from other industries come into to a specific, uh, you know, such a you know specific industry like the pharma industry, where there's a lot of uh, let's say science-based knowledge, yeah, that that need to be uh, understood at least in in the broad broad picture. Uh, what you can bring from the outside is like a, you know another another point of view, yes another point of view to the same type of problems yes in, in within the company you know so in in the end i mean in in a bd uh, role which is what, what i do not business development i mean in the end if you are even if you enjoy the you know you know interacting uh, with people and, and you're always you know wanting to learn i mean probably for you as well no in in, in your own company you know but be having the chance to know so many people in so many companies and learning about so many business models is fascinating. It's, it's fascinating, and it's, it, it it never stops. No, so this kind of I mean, f- for me, the, you know, this uh, the curiosity that that I have always had. No, that's what uh, you know what keeps me going, right? Actually, yeah. So so that's why I, I don't know what type of success can be understood that like you know can can be considered that I had, but whatever success I had is definitely due to the you know the passion and the the curiosity and the and the willingness to to be always learning and to be humble and uh, and open to learning from from so many people, so from companies that are even, I mean, from suppliers to partners to uh, clients to to colleagues to in, in everyone. Well, I think what you said there is is interesting around kind of uh, curiosity in in the value of continuous learning, and it's really interesting interviewing so many kind of leaders in the sector. And I have to say, those tend to be very um, constant strands that I hear from all yeah. the people that I speak to. So the, the, the curiosity factor, I think, is key, particularly for someone like yourself or me who comes to a new sector with a new perspective because you ask different questions and you ask different – you look at things from a completely different yeah. uh, angle than, than people that have been in the sector for a while. And so so if, if, if you could go back and, and give the 25-year-old Manuel some advice, what, what would you say? <laughs> Stay, stay, stay. Twenty-five. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no, I would, I would. I mean, I, I really enjoy, um, uh, you know, the conversations, the you know, discussions, and you know, I'm, I'm, I like, I like it. I really I like seeing the problems from different point of view. That maybe the the lawyer in me. The, I mean, I, and I can be, you know, pretty co- convincing as well. But being able or or being willing uh, to to be surrounded by people that are have opposing views, yes, and are able to, you know, to, 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 to bring, you know, constructive criticism and to challenge 
your you know your your, your argumentations that's i would say that's uh, that that's one of the main things you know that get get surrounded by people that can you know that can challenge your point of view and make you progress and make you learn no? uh, and you'll be humble enough for sure to, to you know to to recognize this and and embrace it no? Yeah, well, it's that it's that kind of similar thing around you know you, you you don't know everything right, and so you have to build strong teams around you that can give you different perspectives and that can challenge you. And it's uh, it's it's interesting to hear you talking talking about mm. that as well. And and if if you had any advice of you know for for people that are you know in particularly say in commercial and business development roles, you know, working their way through the sector. Is there any advice that you've got for, for leaders and managers who are kind of making their way up, up the ladder, so to speak? So, uh, I mean, it's hard to give advice to, you know, to, 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 to many people, but it's, uh, I mean, as a, as a business development specialist, let's say in a, in a company, it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a kind of a roller coaster type of activity, right? Where you have a, you can have a very high highs, yes, and then more, let's say, valleys, yes, when when the situation is not so good, yes. So, so being able to 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 uh, to you know to cope with this uh, and not take it personally, yes, and being able to be resilient, yes, and uh, that, that I think that's, that's essential to me. For instance, I, I I one of the training I got when I just was fresh out of school of college uh, was uh, uh, let's say uh, emotional IQ for uh, for commercial positions yes and this it was uh, absolutely super useful for me it was super super useful for me to you know to to be uh, absolute to be aware of uh, of your skills and your weaknesses yes in in, in that regard uh, what did that training look like just out of curiosity because i've it's it's a skill that we often look for in people that kind of high emotional intelligence was it was it like a course? Was it training? Was it just mentoring? What What did that look like? I mean, it was a, it was a, it was like a course. Yes, like it was, it was a, kind of like a seminar, but uh, with a, a spectacular, let's say, lecturer, absolutely spectacular, top notch. So that uh, you know that was uh, coming you know out of college, which is very let's say more let's say more boring kind of learning. Yes, yeah. more standard yeah. kind of learning. To a di- completely different type of of, uh, of learning experience with a very very skilled uh, uh, you know uh, lecturer was was very very enriching to me. Very good. Very enriching. Love yes. that. And then I know obviously I know you're a, a family man, and so I'm going to ask you how how you you think your wife would describe you in three words, Manuel. Wow. Okay. So. <laughs> So, the nice words. Yeah, <laughs> not yes. the no, 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 no. That's a good question. Uh, so probably she would, she would say I'm uh, I'm uh, you know very loyal. I mean you know you can you can trust. Yes, I'm, I'm very uh, candid. Yes, very you know I try to be very very candid. Uh, and uh, you know I'm I'm uh, passionate. Yes, I'm also quite passionate uh, in you know in in different forums. And yeah, and a bit stubborn could could be as well. <laughs> well, I'd be disappointed if you weren't passionate as a Spanish man. To be honest with you, that's uh, <laughs> maybe could that's be that's maybe that's in the genes. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that. that's in your DNA. And then for the for the, for the last five minutes or so that we we've got to, uh, on yeah. the show, I'd, I'd like to just talk a little bit about the sector. And you you talked 
quite a lot at the start around, um, uh, you know, obviously the capabilities that you guys have, but are you able to share kind of any other shifts and trends that are going on right now or, uh, you know, particularly obviously with with the potential and ongoing impact of COVID and what that might mean for the sector? So it'd be really, you know, uh, insightful for our listeners to get to get some of your views, whether COVID or non-COVID related. Yeah, I mean, uh, COVID has uh, definitely shaken the, the whole world. Uh, we are uh, uh, in this industry, let's say, fortunate enough that we are, let's say, in a very essential industry. And what I really hope is that out of this COVID situation, uh, one of the key learnings at all levels in the society is the importance of uh, science and the importance of uh, research and development uh, for for uh, you know for the future you know, in order to to keep us you know healthy and and, and avoid this kind of situations in the in the future so regarding the industry as a as a whole with this with this uh, uh, you know uh, crisis uh, we, we are witnessing there are uh, you know there's a, the effort for many companies to try to have a closer uh, supply chain yes in order to to avoid uh, um, problems of, of uh, you know sourcing of materials and and, and, and manufacturing etc and also that's that's something we are we are witnessing you know the the, the need of, of having a more control and a, and a closer uh, supply chain of course we have believed and we are still living uh, in a very global global world uh, and in many things for the better uh, but you know they have when this situation happened it was uh, you know totally unexpected and it was very hard to to uh, to maneuver for many companies no? so that's uh, that would be regarding covid that that's the, the the key point and regarding in general the the industry of course i mean we are also in a part of the industry which is, I mean, the CDMO industry is growing as a whole, yes. There are very special areas which are growing more than others, yes. So I would say, let's say, oncology, where we are very much focused as a highly potent, specialized CDMO, oncology uh, uh, therapeutical area is, is, is growing, but also as well, uh, let's say, uh, precision medicine, you know, personalized medicine, and definitely biologics as well, no? So, th- so there, are key, there are some key trends. So we are focused on small molecule oral potent drugs and uh, itself is a is a growing and interesting industry yeah just going back to uh, what you said there about kind of closer supply chain when you say closer do you mean do you mean geographically closer, geographically so closer I... yes 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 sorry yeah geographically okay. closer yeah, yeah. no no that, that, that that's it's interesting so you uh, potentially see a shift towards um say if you've got a european uh, drug development company that they yeah. would might look to source in Europe versus yeah. say Asia or interesting I mean interesting. there there is uh, there is uh, this type of, of, of moving movement happening this is not going to happen uh, quickly because nothing in in this industry happens very very quickly you know this is a very very regulated uh, industry uh, but there you know there is you know this kind of a uncertainty about you know what will happen in the future and what how should we react in, in case some some of this happen in the future again so so if you have a single source of uh, of materials or, or a single supplier which is geographically uh, you know in the in, a, in, in the opposite side of of the, of the world and you are uh, let's say uh, supplying essential medications to the market you have the responsibility to to have a 
uh, a supply chain that is able to cope with uh, with situations like this. Yeah, I think it's such an interesting point, and I think it's going to be fascinating to see how the industry evolves. You know, in the next few years, particularly, I think it's been a very global industry in the last, you know, yeah. since I've been in the industry where you can supply, you know, your supply, your API might come from Asia and your, you know, finished dosage form comes from the US and it all gets, you know, assembled and fill finish in Europe, for example. And I think it'll be interesting to see if that shifts. And, and then just last couple of questions. If, if you could make, and this might be, uh, this might be a leading question, given what you said about uh, the speed at which this sector can sometimes move. If you could make one change to the sector, the, the kind of outsourcing space, what, what would that be? I mean, the the speed is uh, the speed of the of the of the industry and the you know the the, the pace. It's in general is required because we're handling extremely you know sensitive products. Yes, so we're uh, so it's 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 normally and it's I mean, and not, not a complaint at all. It's just a reflection on the reality. Yes, so so uh, uh, in, from from the outsourcing uh, point of view, it's, it's com- complicated to say. I would say I don't have an answer to this, to be honest. Sorry. <laughs> okay, that's fine. You don't have to answer every question and they're designed to make them. Some of these are designed to put you on the spot. So, and, and the final question was whether you had any other comments or requests or any any quotations that you you love and live your life by or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, uh, you know, a bit of a plug, no, that, you know, any of the you know anyone that could be interested in you know knowing more about about us just you know go to to our website and uh, you know contact uh, contact us anytime if you are uh, needing a specialized cdmo uh, for for niche or oral drugs uh, and also i just wanted also to thank you very much for for the invitation and i especially wanted to thank you for making the podcast for this podcast for someone like me, yes, because it's a, I'm a, I'm listening. I'm a very avid listener to to podcasts and being able to to listen, you know, to to you every you know every week, let's say, or every every new episode with interesting guests and learning more about uh, about the outsourcing space in the in, in the pharma industry. This is a very interesting podcast for me. So thank you for making it uh, happen. Yes. You're very, very welcome, and it was it was designed for people just like you that have very busy lives working in the industry and need to get their content on the go, especially at the minute where there's no events and it's hard to get that exposure to you know opinion and things like that. So it was the launch was obviously timed uh, just right, albeit under the wrong circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, no, I obviously Manuel really appreciate your your kind comments and uh, yeah and. And actually having you on the show is fantastic as well because your insights have been as wonderful as I thought they would be for, for our listeners. So you are very much one of those people that uh, are, that other people will get great value from, from hearing what you've had to say. So Manuel, thank you very much for being on Molecule to Market. We wish you and your family uh, you know, health and safety at this, uh, at this difficult time. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me and all the best to you as well, my friend. Thank you so much. Hi again. Thanks so much for tuning in to Molecule to Market. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find more shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. 
Get in touch with us on our website, moleculetomarketpod.com and follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter and we will see you again next week. Molecule to Market is sponsored and funded by Remarketing, an international content, digital and design agency that helps companies get noticed, raise profile and generate leads in life sciences. Thank you.